Welcome to Contingency FM. Uh, today we have joining us in our studio, uh, Alison. Hi, Phil. And Julie. Hello. And the co-host today, I didn't forget you. I was going to say, and me. Yeah. And who, who, who is me? Oh, I'm Abby. Yeah, they can't see you, so. Oh, yeah, no. Hi. But, uh, today we're going to be chatting about uh, getting some advice from Julie and Alison about what were we even getting advice? Well, how to put this succinctly in words? How to flourish on the ward like with the within a multidisciplinary team. Yeah, working with the doctors and nurses, getting the best out of each other, I guess. Yeah. It? There we go. Um, so, uh, first question is, uh, what would your call sign be? <laughs> <laughs> What's a call sign? <laughs> So I, like, I'm Desert Storm. Um, and Matthew is Matthew Bald Eagle uh, Nichols, which makes a lot of sense given his haircut. Currently. He's not got hair on his head now, yeah. has he? Yeah, Ooh, I think um, I'd be Bossy Boots, being the boss, I think. I think <laughs> Blonde bossy Command. Yeah. Blonde Command, absolutely. That was what I adopted earlier on, wasn't it? I like that. Yeah, let's have Blonde Command. Okay. Can I just use my token? I'm very busy and important. Yeah. It's, just, it's quite quite a lengthy. <laughs> it's all right. It's you've my got, stage you've name. Got, you've got to say your whole your name, and then see how it rolls off the tongue. So, Julie, I'm very busy and important. <laughs> Stuart. <laughs> Stuart. It's just it doesn't it doesn't flow. It doesn't flow. I'll th- can I think of one? Go on. Go on I think. Can I just think of one? Julie, I've got a question. <laughs> <laughs> Julie questions everything, Stuart. I do like Albert Einstein, to be fair. Um, So, uh, first question then is, uh, uh, what is the, the, talk talk to me about the mystical world of banding. Uh, It's something which I never knew anything really about before I started in the wards, and then everyone's talking about band three this, band seven this. I've got no idea what's going Mm. on with all that. I thought he was talking about hemorrhoids there for a second, <laughs> but no, obviously not. Um, banding. Once you're a qualified nurse, so once you've done your training, you start your banding at band five, and you progress through different pay skills. And when you've gained enough experience and training, you can then apply for a band six, and you can move up the levels. So a junior nurse would start as a, as a band five, but you could also have somebody who is very senior and who's been there for many years working as a band five as well. So actually, right. the banding mm. is more about um, more about pay grades mm. and less about level of experience. Mm. But you know, a band five could be a junior, very junior nurse, or it could be a very senior nurse. Oh, so right, I think okay. there's, a, there's a big variation. Because so, I guess with doctors, uh, if you're an like ST7, that means that you've been in the job, mm. well, seven years longer yeah. than someone who's uh, uh, yeah. F2, or CMT, sorry, two, or such a, or yeah. IMT, oh, goodness me. Oh God, it's a minefield. Yeah, F, uh, yeah, I've all the numbers. But, um, then but the, so, so what you're saying is that you could have someone who's been 30 years in the job, yeah. the same banding, okay. Absolutely. To be fair, by that token, though, an SD7 kind of taken years out before they trained, and do you know what I mean? So SD7 sometimes have very different experience mm. too. But yeah, no, that's that makes. Okay. Mm. And uh, what can you give some examples of sort of like band one, band two? What would they be? You wouldn't. I mean, usually your health cares would be band two, band three, 
band four. Um, and that again, that would depend on experience, skills, training. Um, so so you, you sort of band two to four are your health cares. Um, and then five to sort of seven are really your nurses that are on that you'll see working on the ward. Mm. But band seven again is your ward sister or your ward manager so again a more senior presence mm. so you know when someone moves to a band six or a band seven or a band eight that they have got a lot of experience you won't get that otherwise mm. and a uh, follow-up question um where does this where does this stop where does it even end <laughs> what is where's it what's is there a mystical band eight nine ten yeah so we have band 8A, 8B, 8C and 8D, so eight subdivides. So the majority of sort of, I would say, eights in a hospital are your matrons um, or your really sort of experienced, maybe even some advanced nurse practitioners might be 8As. Mm. I think 8B, Cs and Ds, because remember this is a generic sort of pace scale as well. It's not just nurses, it's yeah. sort of managers, etc. Right, yeah. So they will be more for like your senior managers and... I've never crossed the magical band nine unicorn yet. I'm sure they exist somewhere, but I'm not mm. sure where. Probably can't make eye contact with them. But yeah. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. We're very senior management. I you, have to, you have to grovel and yeah. kiss their feet. Yeah. Yeah. I think the key things are, though, regardless of banding, you have to just look at the nurse that's in front of you and, and work out with that nurse what she can do, what you can do, and then you work between you so you use mm. each other's skills and use each other's knowledge um, because the banding is essentially a gender for change it's a peer skill mm. um, and yes it's decided on your job description and your skills to a degree but it's very very variable yeah and that was very illuminating thank you because I had no idea when I started on the ward who would see so that's helpful so um, what does <laughs> this sounds really bad but what does a nurse do like what's a normal nurse like day for you as as yeah. nurses do you, you talk us through that start the last one. so um, I think sometimes we don't fully understand do we as medics what is going on behind most yeah. of the time i yeah. think i think what i can do i can st- i don't mind talking about what what the ward sister does and then i'm sure mm-hmm. julie will sort of sort of fill in and maybe yeah. maybe that'll sort of balance a little bit yeah. um both julie and i have worked at sort of band seven sort of senior nurses but sort of in different environments so i think the roles are sort of slightly different um but certainly sort of like from a ward sister perspective which is usually band seven you you have t- um 24 responsibility and accountability for your clinical area mm. that doesn't mean medical responsibility it means more sort of from a health and safety perspective yeah so that's making sure your patients are safe everybody who comes on your ward is accounted for you know who's who mm. so there is a lot of responsibility um, so I think one of the things to remember about that is as a junior doctor is always introducing yourself to the ward sister or yeah. the nurse in charge and that's not just about courtesy that's about the, the safety and their responsibility so that they know who's who mm-hmm. um, you will feel like you're introducing yourself constantly all day every day I'm sure as you go around but people will soon get to know you um, and the more you introduce yourself to talk to staff the more relationships I think mm. you build I think I think as well as a ward sister, you you know you're assessing your patients on the ward and you're advising and and communicating, but you make sure your staffing levels are correct, your skill mix is right. You're always thinking about night shift and have you got enough numbers and mm. who's coming on the next shift, and then it's just about organising workload. Um, 
I think then dealing with relatives and then you've got to remember as well as a band seven award sisters she'll also or he because remember you've got sisters charge nurses and the board managers it's all the same person with different titles I know that's something you struggled with not what you said to me <laughs> earlier people wandering around, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the same person I think you, we, we are responsible as well for going to meetings and for quality assurance mm. and strategic decision making as, as well as sort of the clinical care and I think that the, the subtle, there is differences between, I would say, your bedside staff nurse and your ward sister in terms mm. of what we do and responsibility. Mm. But fundamentally, it's all about the patients. When I worked on the ward, it was um, as a, a... Well, it wasn't band and then it was... Well, we had letters before we had letters. letters. Oh. Yeah. So essentially, I would have been a band five and moved into a band six. Okay. So, so when I worked on a ward, that, that was sort of the equivalent of a band five initially. Yeah. Um, and you work in teams. Mm. Whoever was in charge would have a really good view of what's going on in, on the whole ward. Yeah. Um, and it's quite reassuring when I go across the wards here, I still can walk onto a ward and speak to a sister and then know every single patient mm. and what I need to know about them. So that definitely, you know, is is key. And then you've got smaller teams working within that big team. So as a staff nurse, I would be responsible for a bay of patients. And where I used to work, it used to be six patients mm. um, in a bay, and you would be ultimately responsible for those patients. Yeah. Um, you would have help from a healthcare, but you would do all of the day to day activities. So you would be involved in, um looking at them, assessing them, doing the obs, mm. washing them, toileting them, along with help. But while you were doing that, unbeknown to them, your your role as a nurse means that you're looking at that patient in a diff- in a slightly different way as if you're yeah. in an alternate universe. So you're looking at the skin <laughs> to make sure that the skin's all right. You're looking to check if it's dry or there's any breaks, if, if, the, if they look a bit dehydrated if the urine's a bit dark yeah what are the stools like Do, you know ha, are they kempt are they unkempt so you're actually mm. taking in a mm. lot of information as as a qualified nurse to make sure that your patient is as well as they can be yeah question mm-hmm. is that something that you are actively taught as a skill in nursing school Slash university. Nursing what, school. What is nursing school? Yeah, it is. A, it was a nursing Lots. school when we trained, yeah. was it? And then it's become well, a university. University is a degree, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But like we were a medical school, and nursing school. Nursing school. <laughs> I've yeah. just never heard it called that. Yeah. But yeah, it did used to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just really. It yeah. did used to be. Um, I was going to be like a and, university. And now it's university. You were taught lots of skills, and I think this is a little bit like medicine. You you're taught very lots of skills, mm. but it's not until you actually get yeah. out on the wards mm. and you start to practice the skills, aren't yeah. you? Joining the dots yeah. and putting things together. So then you, you so you do start out like the novice, mm. and there's something in yeah. nursing called novice to expert, and I think that's transferable to any yeah. healthcare discipline. We all start out. Mm being able to do jobs and then you build it up into more of an assessment yeah. and experience and yeah mm. um, I have actually I, I promised we wouldn't talk about theory on this no that was for the TCPL I did read that paper but it was very Pat interesting Benner. yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Benner, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's very interesting yeah. um, but I, I won't go any further than that if you want to look that up that would be my recommended reading <laughs> I'm really glad you didn't go any further because <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that paper is yeah um, <laughs> Uh, so I've got a question for you guys uh, why do you and I say you as a plural representing all nursing kind um, ask on me for discharge letters all the time oh. <laughs> well 
to be honest, Phil, that's obviously one of the things that you have to manage on a, on a ward is patient flow. So you know you've always got pressure from the admitting areas in front of the house looking for beds, you've got matron on your back, the discharge coordinator. That seems to be that the constant pressure is creating capacity and creating beds. Yeah. So if I'm getting hassle, then I, I'm having to hassle you as a junior mm. doctor to get those discharge letters done timely. And also so that the communication to the, the ongoing, mm. either the GP or whoever, um, means that the care is continuous so it's an interesting reflection actually that um there's a whole different set of pressures that are on you as nurses that we're pretty much oblivious happily oblivious to yeah Mm. Um, i mean do you know what happens to a discharge letter once you've written it no it just uh, disappears (laughs) into the ether yeah and then the magic discharge fairies make everything and then at one point and the patient (laughs) Yeah, I think there's a, there's a I would agree, there's a complex chain of events happens once that discharge discharge letter is done. Once I slap that on the nurses' yeah, station, it's wonderful. The job it's is wonderful. Done. Yeah, yeah done. We love you when it's done quickly. In so. my mind, that means the patient's gone, so yeah. that's not correct. In okay. our ma- yeah, yeah, not correct. I remember when I learned about the discharge lounge. <laughs> I didn't realise that was a place. I thought it was part of the airport. Did you think it was the airport? Yeah. 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 I thought I thought it was like that exists. It was only because there was a rest there that I knew that it even existed. Oh, or probably shouldn't not be arrested yeah. in the discharge lounge. Yeah, no, that's not good planning. No, not really. no. Someone has made a bad error. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what what, what happens? happens? What happens with the discharge letter? Well, first and foremost, we check it. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> that, that it's both yeah. reassuring yeah. and also very unreassuring to think about all the letters it's that are mortifying. Yeah, I realise exactly. that all my letters now have been quality. Approved. Well, oh, can you dear. imagine send the discharge letter to pharmacy and then pharmacy receive it? They put the medication up. They come up for your patient. Your patient's about to go home, and the patient says, "You haven't got all my medication on here." <laughs> yeah. So then you're left another couple of hours waiting for pharmacy. So I think we do check it. Mm. Um, and pharmacy, I don't know whether things have improved, but pharmacy take a while. They've got a lot of work to do. They, yeah. And quite yeah. often, putting that discharge script together takes time yeah. because they've got a list. Again, they've got their priority list. So that is the reason, I think, for the creation of discharge lounges many years ago, because patients were sitting in a bed, mm. which was on an acute ward, which could be then used mm. for an admission, yeah. um, while they were waiting for that. The other thing that you do when you've got your discharge letter is make sure that you've got all your community services in place. So it's also the nurse's role to make sure that when the patient leaves the hospital, that whoever needs to come to the house gets there so Mm. whether it be the district nurse the carers a specialist nurse the gp whoever so we need to make sure all that follow-ups in place before the goal we need to make sure the transport's booked to get them there and 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 how are they going to get up the steps to the house or or can they get in easily what what support they'll need so there's a fair bit Mm. to think about really Mm. more than than i'd have ever imagined Can I just mention as well about uh, something else about discharge as well, which commonly used to happen. Um, when you're a medic and you go and see a patient and you'll say to them, oh, that's great, you can be discharged. And yeah. then obviously, as Julie said, then you come and talk to the nurse and she throws her hands up in the air and goes, oh, but what about? Yeah. And that can cause obviously some anxiety for the patient. So yeah. I think sometimes mm. talk how you phrase things to a patient, I think can be helpful yeah. or unhelpful. Yeah. So just saying, you know, even if it's like, 
I'm happy that you're medically fit, but we yeah. need to talk yeah. to the nurses and the rest of the team, so we'll think, come yeah. back. I, I think that's that really is actually important. something I think yeah. I can identify with a bit more in the sense of uh, yeah. there, there is a sort of a stone that drops into my stomach when that's a weird phrase, isn't it? Did I, I like it. I've never heard that before. Oh, it's very descriptive. I get how it feels. Yeah. But that when, was how when, I really when, liked when it. When a consultant says to the patient at 4.30pm on a Friday, oh yeah, you're good to go home, mm, we'll get you yeah. home this afternoon. I'm like, Absolutely. And then it just takes longer because you've got to pacify yeah. the patient and it just causes yeah. unnecessary yeah. work, really. Yeah. So I think it's interesting because I think if you if you are a um, uh, final year medical student or uh, haven't worked on the wards yet uh, or have been in like uh, A and E or something, uh, you'll find that when you're on the wards, discharge letters are often one of the things that you leave till last in the mm. day on your jobs list because mm. in your head you've got other sick patients or patients who need more acute medical treatment and patients who are well are well and yeah. they 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 they. they, they they just need to get home, and, and that is uh, low on your priority list because that's, I guess, how we're taught, taught how to prioritise. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, actually, just to be aware, discharge letters, for a patient flow point of view, are very high on the uh, priority list, and I think it's important. I, I think I've had to learn how to be flexible on that one and how to recognise mm. that just because it's not on high on my priority list, it maybe needs to be higher than sort of it, it, it's sort of your yeah, important yeah it's, it's, yeah, important it's, it's still and, there's yeah. not the acute like clinical acuity but it's still yeah. really important that's something we talk about on the prioritization yeah. podcast isn't it a I little bit so, yeah. um but yeah i think it's and it, it is mm. like let's face it a bit of a boring job which mm. i know is a bit bad but that's just how it is isn't it mm. so. think about think about just the flow if you want to bring a patient in but you've got to important. get a patient out so yeah. we've got to that, that's how it, it's managing the flow of patients isn't yeah. it? Much or like the, there's, there's a, a sick patient out there who hasn't even seen you yet and can't until one person goes home or something yeah. like that yeah, yeah. exactly that's yeah. a good way think to think of it better yeah. like that yeah that's a nice way to think of it phil well done um so i've got a question that i have always wanted to know the answer to because um, it's something that has hounded me a couple of times um on on call so when you get a phone call from a nurse uh, while you're busy with a patient when you're on call saying i'm just not happy with a patient what does that mean <laughs> how can we decipher that and make that into something we can act on well i've been really guilty of this for, like, <laughs> for many 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 years abby i have and it's, it's really common like you hear nurses go oh it's it's just to me what i've just got a funny feeling that oh they're just not right it's a, you know and it's something not very scientific but yeah and nurses very much talk about their intuition and their sixth sense lords and I've, I've reflected on this i guess more recently and i think nurses particularly experienced nurses and i'm going to upset people by saying this they don't have intuition i think they've got very They've got skillful, rapid recognition skills, and I think they look at a patient that they immediately can tell something's not quite right. But I think they're not able necessarily to articulate it as quickly. Yeah, um, okay, that makes sense. But and I've also and reflect on it from from the medical perspective. I, I absolutely get the fact that you can't act on our feelings and our our feelings and our waters and stuff like that. You need something <laughs> a little bit more objective for you yeah. to be able to prioritise and things. So I, I think it's it is a skill that the nurse has. It's just a skill that's just perhaps unable to articulate. Yeah. For you, 
And I think mm. maybe the thing is, is about maybe as a junior going on, if, if in that case, is having the ability to question the nurse a little bit more. Yeah, because I was going to say, uh, how can we kind yeah. of get to Because I completely yeah. and 100% have a respect for a nurse's <laughs> intuition, a nurse's waters. Yes. Like, I, their waters will be well, not more knowledgeable absolutely. than <laughs> me. So I completely get that you need mm. to act on it. But yeah, I was going to say, how would you recommend, like get into the bottom of what that rapid recognition is what's pinging that if that makes sense i think you could sort of ask sort of what is it that can you be more specific what is it that's worrying you or can you do you want to use maybe even an e to e approach yeah is it is it something to do with their breathing tell mm. me about their orbs is it the news score is it the blood pressure the heart rate is it the color is it the yeah the conscious le- you know so trying to sort of ask and trying to get some bit more objective information yeah I sort of thought yeah. and i guess would it help if you asked it like does this remind you of a patient who, where something bad happened? Yeah, I yeah. Th- I, th- I think that's really good. A good suggestion. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, often that's probably what will be happening yeah. subconsciously. Because yeah. it's pattern recognition, isn't it? It is very much. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. you also find that I think as doctors we've developed this skill as well, and any any experienced healthcare professional develop the same skill. Yeah, absolutely. Like we we as doctors would say, you sounds awful, but you're going to wardrobe and you think that pa- patient isn't gonna you know isn't gonna mm. do very well this weekend or do you know what I mean yeah. you've got you yeah. know at, um, at a glance there's something so you can say oh this person looks fine or this person looks sick yeah and that's the skill that you develop it and that's why like like you, like I said I have a lot of respect for that because I know that a nurse will be right something like inevitably you will if you don't go and see that patient you'll probably be called to them at some point it's like if they've yeah. crashed or if they become more unwell or if their obs do eventually go off then you know you'd be caught and i think that's sometimes quite difficult as well because it's hard to act before obs go off isn't uh-huh. it really yeah. um so that makes it tricky for me- for doctors too i think yeah. sometimes doesn't it because yeah they might look odd but nothing's presenting itself and it's uh-huh. hard to know mm-hmm. what is yeah. happening I think um, you, I think the other thing is that when you when a nurse rings you with a problem, doctors are taught very much in a standard S bar handover way, yeah. or they're taught a model for handing over way. As nurses might not have been taught the same thing. Yeah. Um, and certainly when I was a junior nurse, I hadn't been. I didn't know what S bar was. I hadn't been taught A to E assessment. Yeah. You're going on what what your own knowledge and intuition well it's not intuition but your own what you see in front of you and that might not be useful for the doctor so really Mm. if we can't give you that information it's really essential that the the doctor on the other end of the phone turns around and says i need to know Mm. tell us what they look like tell us what the blood pressure give us some objective Mm. measurements because the nurse will then say well they look they look gray they look clammy or they look they look pale they're just they're dizzy every time they try to sit up like they'll yeah. give you they'll give you what you you want to know and they'll pr- and they'll also know about the medical history of the patient yeah. to give you an idea of what might be going on be, yeah. so i think it's about for you know my advice to it to any new doctor would be to, to ask more questions if mm. you're not getting anywhere yeah. Um, because they will know it they just haven't like Alison said they haven't articulated they haven't that got the information language to, yeah. yeah i think it's and that's important we've talked before about to like how to receive a handover as well mm. and how to yeah. turn it into something useful for you even if what like because what the pa- person is saying on the other end of the phone even if it's not the right the right in inverted commas like 
format mm-hmm. or whatever will have a lot of useful information yeah. in it. So it's about taking that and drawing out that information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a skill in itself, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. To create your own S bar in a way. Mm-hmm. But it's about for you remembering the important questions within that. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. Hmm. For, I want to ask you both uh, for a couple of specific tips you'd give for, for doctors uh, starting work, sort of things which you think would improve their relationship with nurses. Before I do, I've got uh, a very important question for you. This is a tricky one. Yeah. Ooh. So, you have to choose one of these two options. So it's a would you rather question. Oh. Would you rather your alarm <laughs> clock is an air raid siren, which, and, and you can't like switch off. Like, can't just, ever change it. You forever. can't change it, can't switch off. It, it goes the full length of like, like five minutes. Like, I, I That's not, that, that was that really was bad. That was terrible. No, I like yeah. that. Anyway, um, maybe edit that out. It was um, reedy. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I don't want to just blare into the microphone. Because, like, <laughs> don't worry, listeners. Don't it. don't brace yourselves. Um, or when you're angry, you sp- start speaking German. Because <laughs> then you'd be bilingual. I think I would. I think the second option for me. Because it's not very often. I, the only people I really get angry with are <laughs> my husband. <sighs> Us. Me husband, <laughs> me and just, Phil, <laughs> Matt Nichols. I don't get angry with you. I don't. I don't. I've you just do. got this image of you at home, just like in the kitchen, just slamming down like a knife on a chopping board, like du Schwein. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask yeah. you a question? Kartoffelkopf. <laughs> well, can you understand German when you're angry? Then. Oh, in this. Not space, you. I thought personally. it meant like me. as like well. Normally, it impairs my <laughs> linguistic skills. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in the scenario. Because uh, then that would be great. No, 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 I don't, I no, can't speak to you. No, you can but if I could speak it without no. learning it, it would be you, fantastic. You, that's what I mean. You know, you, yeah. know what, you know what you're saying, but you don't know what another's saying. Oh, that's How about right. you, Alison? I think I'd go for the first one. I think would I'd go you? for it. I think I would because. Your neighbours would hate you. Yeah, both. Or cower. Contrary to popular belief, I don't get angry a lot, although I've got a reputation. I, um, Again, apart from, no. I don't get angry a lot, but when I do get angry, I want people to understand why I'm angry and what the issue is, so I'm not speaking German. Not start laughing. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. So yeah. I'll go for the first one. That's good. Right. That's a good reason. Yeah, I like that. I want people to know no. why <laughs> I'm angry at them. Okay. Fair enough. So, uh, what is your, so briefly, what is your top tip or tips? Top for? tips. Mm-hmm. I would say um, <laughs> find out what the nurse can do because although we've talked about banding, I think that's less important. It's more important to know what skills that nurse has got that will help you, her and other MDTs look after the patient to the best of your ability. So find out what extended skills they've got or not and work together as a team I would say it's not the medical team and the mm. nursing team we are one team mm. I would say yeah um so get to know the people who you're working with I would say first and foremost make friends with the nurse because if you make friends with a nurse as a new doctor they will look after you they'll always look after you yeah I worked with a um a, a brand new F- F1 that was a house officer in those days, um, who didn't know how to prescribe nebulizers for a patient. And I had to teach him how to prescribe. 
and he's now a consultant and I know him and, I'm, and he's great. So I think Can just... Can prescribe nebulizers? No. Yeah. <laughs> Is he a respiratory consultant? <laughs> no, he's not. Julie told him everything he knows. But I do think, I do think, you know, make friends, work as a team would be probably my mm. top tip. I think that's a brilliant tip because yeah. fr- nurses on the ward, they need to be a mate because yeah. they help make yeah. a ward. Do you know what I mean? Like that's when you're moving around every four mm. months, you need some mates on the ward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd agree with that. That's and they will support you. They will oh, help yeah. you. I'm not saying they're all nice because they're not, but well, not all are. medics are nice, are they? So, but no, that's yeah. That's on the whole, they'll look after you, won't they? Yeah, yeah. I, agree. I think everything you talk about, you know, comes down to talking and communication. Yeah. And I'm a massive fan of just talk, talk, and talk again. Like you mm-hmm. said, getting to know people, mm-hmm. what they can do for you, and when things go wrong, don't shy away from mm-hmm. it. Just say, "Can we have a chat?" and you know, have I upset you? You know, this is how I feel, and try and understand things from different perspectives. I think it's really important. Um, like a big family, really, you're going to mm. have some fallout. You're going to have days where you maybe don't get on as well. But I think it's about the making up and the coming back and mm. and read. Yeah, absolutely, and just moving on. The other top top tip I've got, and again from a ward sister perspective, was um, I think it's. I used to always try and say to the doctor, what time are you coming back on the ward? Uh, um, so that I could then have a list of jobs ready to make it easy for myself and make it easy for the doctor as well. And I think that that would be good the other way for the doctor to tell the nurse, I'm coming back on the ward at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. If you want to have, you know, your fluid charge, your warfarins, your list of jobs, and we can go through. Mm-hmm. And then it just makes life a bit more efficient. So I think it just happened that. And it reassures the nurses if they know that you're coming back at a certain time, you might be less likely to get random bleeps. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's almost about being aware of the routines of different MDT mm. members. So, mm. the you know, the nursing routine's different to the medical doctor's routine, which mm. is different to what the physios and OTs and speech and language mm. and so on do. Yeah. So, it is about knowing what what the nurse needs when and we need to know what you need when and working that together really isn't it so yeah. it's just about quick final question just follow up question um are there any times of the day where it's particularly helpful for a doctor to let you know what's going on straight like after the ward round yeah uh, yeah straight after the ward round because then if there's any jobs that need doing after the ward round the nurse can be getting on with stuff that you can mm-hmm. work out mm. a what we what I used to do would be we would get you would either be you would stay with the ward round while it was in your bay yeah. and then you would know what needed doing and then you would make a plan with the with the medical team and you would do some things and they would do other things and mm. you would work it out between you. So yeah, as soon as the ward round's done we need an update really, I would say. Yeah. Any other time? I think just talking to the ward area because every ward will be slightly different. So I think again, it comes down to me, me talk, talk, and talk again. Yeah. Sort of mantra, which is what's good for you, mm-hmm. you know, what, and then work, yeah. work out and agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm afraid we're nearly out of time, so I'm going to leave you with a song recommendation, which unfortunately will That's remain great. a recommendation because we do not have a budget for. <laughs> legal fees in case we get sued Julie can sing the licensing (laughs) I'm a dreadful singer Um, so this one is uh, probably wouldn't have heard this one but it is an artist called Rue Paines and the song is The Sun Will Rise Over the Year and it's a nice happy positive uh, lovely quite quite a beautiful song is it oh lovely that's really sold it yeah poetic check out his other stuff he's a very poetic artist Uh, that's all from us Uh, so ready you ready yeah 
Do it. Oh, now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this <laughs> has been Contingency FM. <laughs> <laughs>